Welcome to the Crypto Witch Club podcast, a space for all to learn about blockchain tech. Join us as we demystify NFTs, report on crypto culture, and navigate Web3. Hey, Crypto Witches, we're back from our break and are so excited to share our latest podcast with you. Crypto can seem complicated, like an Avril Lavigne song. So is the Terra Luna collapse. We break it down along with Kanye's 17 trademark applications for the metaverse and why I'm against wearing your crypto wallet, but I'm definitely going to be doing so in six months. We also talk about why DAOs are like bachelorette parties and why Caitlin's friends and family thought she was hacked when she first started sharing her Crypto Witch Club content on her social media channels. Download our latest Web3 guide, NFT for Witches, and stay tuned for our next episode as we dig into how to act during this bear market. Enjoy. <laughs> Commence. Commence. <laughs> um, so, turns out that people, the way people lose money in cryptocurrency, the number one way, can you guess? Losing their wallet? code like their seed phrase not losing it but that's how i would i would lose mine for sure stolen yes stolen seed phrase it's because they encountered a scam on social media (gasps) so money magazine yeah wow number one okay um money magazine said a new alice (laughs) a new analysis from the federal trade commission found that roughly half of those who reported losing money to cryptocurrency fraud since last year, so they encountered the scam on social media. Bummer. Yeah. More people are likely to lose to fraud on cryptocurrency than using other any other payment method. Instagram was the most common, which honestly, I'm not surprised at, considering the amount of fake Crypto Witch Club accounts we have. Yeah. Um, Instagram accounts for 32% of fraud cases on social networks. According to the FTC, Facebook was next with 26. Wow. Okay, Meta, I think we need to maybe <laughs> give Crypto Witch Club and others a blue check, help a sister out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's spooky. It's really spooky, and I mean... Like we always say, I think it's so early internet. And like the more educated you are, the less likely you'll be able to fall for a scam. But Nicole from the Nostalgic podcast, um, which this episode is out now, we were talking and a lot of times people who get scammed, it's they're doing, it's accounts they trust are getting hacked. So we're seeing that recently it just happened with Boss Beauties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happened with Board Ape. Yacht Club because their Instagram was hacked and then sent people to a website in order to get free land holders and then essentially when they put their details, they got wiped. Shit. Yeah. That's spooky. It's spooky. And it just it's hard too, because even sometimes I'm really excited about something. I I I it's like I'm so excited about it. I just want to make the move, but like you have to do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. You're gonna play yourself. You're gonna wait. Yeah, gotta, gotta breathe. Take a second. Yeah, be thorough. And also, the 
co-founder of the Board of Yacht Club was like, we're never going to announce anything on Instagram anymore. But I'm like, well, that's not the problem. Like your Twitter could get hacked. You know, any of these could get hacked. So that's not really like the solution. Your website could get taken over. I mean, I don't know how to do that stuff. People do. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So like what's the most secure place to like alert your community about stuff? Well, I know what happened was they alerted the Discord community Uh about the hack and they had put out all the other social media channels, but the damage was done because when people saw the story, they acted so fast to claim their, um, I believe it was virtual real estate in this example. And that's what I would do too. The second I would see that if I was a holder, I'd be like, I'm not getting left behind. Booyah. Like I'm in. Yeah. So it's just some wild, wild west stuff out there. Although you always do hear that story of the man who threw out his hard drive and has like, 68 million in crypto on it Um, and he's like he petitioned his town to like um let him go through the landfill and he's like oh i'll give the town a quarter of the money yeah like taxes and they're like no man it's gross in there like there's no chance like it's not likely you'll find it but that's that's my biggest fear but honestly it's not likely to happen i'm just catastrophizing (laughs) it's like the same reason like i don't like walk around with my wallet like clipped to my purse (laughs) it's just yeah i know if it gets stolen i can recover it with a seed phrase and i can buy a new wallet but i just don't want to (laughs) it can live in my purse and i'll pull it out and look dope while doing it i'll go back in (laughs) I can't wait because I feel like this um, this idea that you have, like that you don't want to flash around your wallet, will change someday. I'm going to be doing it in like six I months. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it, it's like such a fashion trend thing I that I think will switch and then you'll be like doing it. Caitlin <laughs> has known me since low-rise jeans were the thing. Yep. So and cargo pants. And cargo pants. We've come a whole fashion cycle together because yeah. we're back in the in the 2000s now. Yeah. The early aughts. <laughs> so Caitlin has seen me decry things before, like high-waisted pants. I mean, right now my like waistline is like all the way at my stomach. Like yeah. fashion cyclical. What's today? Okay, we're in June, so... Yeah, by this winter, I might. I think by Christmas, you're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if crypto goes back up. You know, like, it's, I don't know. Do you think just... it'll go up by Christmas, or do you, are you thinking, like, another year? Um, I think slow. it might stabilize a bit by the end of the year. Usually, okay. December is pretty good for crypto cycles. But um, I think before we see anything big, it's going to be, like, another two years. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of time for it to increase, because... Like for me, this last bull run, I already felt like it was a bull run before other people felt it because I was buying Ethereum under $100. So Ethereum was at like 900 before people started talking about bull runs. And to me, I had already gone up 900%. I was like, oh, it's coming. Like there's more. Like the rise of ETH and VeChain were just like my personal victories in I wish I had pulled a little more off the top when it was at its all-time high and reinvested. Not my whole portfolio. I don't like to pull it around like that, but I think I could have taken out 
some V chain, taking out some earnings, use some saw on the rest and then reinvested and made a profit in that way. But you know, you can't always know. I did pull out some ETH for my honeymoon and I didn't end up needing to use it. It was just like gush money. Cause it's, you know, your honeymoon yeah. and you're having an adventure. Um, I didn't need to end up need it and I didn't end up needing to use it but it was awesome because it went down like crypto went down like another like 20 30 percent so when I came back I was able to reinvest it cool in the way I would have liked to with a larger amount but it was still exhilarating <laughs> um here's my Luna balance oh Caitlin's Luna balance is zero dollars and zero cents. Right? Her average buy price is thirty-five dollars. Was that what Honest, my buy price there is, or the the? No, that's your buy oh, price. Okay. So honestly, so this is really impressive. So Caitlin got in at thirty-five dollars at its all-time high. Luna was one nineteen. How do I know that? I just wrote the blog article. Um, so you went up 400%-ish, uh-huh. um, a little less than 400%, and then you went down to zero. And I'm not a fan of saying cryptos at zero. This is technically not. But she is less than a cent she owns. So <laughs> that's cool. It makes up 0% of her portfolio. According to your Coinbase stats. And, That's Gemini. Uh, oh, excuse me, Gemini. Yeah, it's all-time high was $119.49. This asset is not available for trading here due to market conditions. Limit-only orders can be placed on Active Trader or Advanced Web Application. Yeah, Gemini's just like, we done with you. Like, <laughs> get out of here. I can still hold it in there, though? Or, or... I mean, yeah, you can't trade it. It's worth nothing. <laughs> so I would just hold it. What are you going to do? I think yeah. it's a, such a good lesson in diversification. Because how much do you think it made up of your portfolio before it dropped? Like 10% less? Oh, less. Yeah. Yeah. So this wasn't like a pain, a major pain point for her because she's so well diversified. I think you hold like 6.7? One. She holds a handful of coins. Yeah. More than I thought. <laughs> um, but the more you diversify, the less you feel pain. There is the likelihood, like a lot of people I see put their money all into one thing they believe in. And I'm like, that rocks for you if you believe in it. I get it. But no matter how much you believe in something, it's still so new. Things are still so volatile. There's, what's that saying where it's like, nobody guarantees tomorrow. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Oh, no, I don't know that. Yeah, it's like an old motherly saying. The the boomer mom said it to like Sarah or generation. Oh, shit. Like, I think it's like leave each, live each day like it's your last. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Right? Like tomorrow is never guaranteed. Got it. Okay. It just sounds a little sinister. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> You're like, excuse me. <laughs> um, but, you know... I, for example, I believe really strongly in VeChain. VeChain makes up a big percent of my portfolio, um, mm -hmm. 60% or so. But it only makes up 60% of my portfolio because it grew so much. So if I was a more moderate investor, I would have taken some out and re-diversified it into other coins like Matic or Solana, 
or ETH, but I really believe in it. So I'm cool with letting it take up a large part of my portfolio. That being said, if my VeChain went to zero, if it was hacked, if I lost my seed phrase, if it's inaccessible for whatever reason, the rest of my portfolio is very robust. So I would feel it, but it wouldn't break me. And I think that's the key to diversifying. Like you could have more of something because you believe in it more, but like, please, witches, just spread it out a little. Yeah. Spread it out. I think for safety. For safety. I think a rule of thumb I read was like, no more than any any of your assets in life should be like 10% each thing or 15% each thing. Mm-hmm. So like if something went to zero, you could lose 10 or 15%. Yeah. But that's more about like talking about the crypto, stocks, your 401k, your IRA. And speaking of IRAs, mm-hmm. I am getting a new one for me and one for my husband. They're going to be crypto IRAs. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to share the journey on Instagram. The goal is to have $6,000 in each of them for each year. Mm-hmm. And that way we can write them off. Yeah. Woo woo. Yeah. And then we're really going to be investing in a little bit more of like the older coins. I want to say like the high cap, more established ones. Like I think our portfolio is going to be Bitcoin, Ethereum, mm-hmm. and then maybe Solana or a Polygon or like an Algo as a smaller one. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to be doing the whole journey on Instagram. I'm really excited. Yay. Stay tuned. <laughs> What's new with you? Um, I did some research on renting the NFTs. Ooh. Because I think that is so cool. Like just expanding ideas and relating them like back to real world case you know it's like easy to kind of wrap your head around a little bit kind of like rent the runway if they like built it out like like people could rent. what if you had like an nft collection you could rent out and you're essentially just a curator yeah like if a dj wanted to wear a cool jacket in decentraland they could like rent it from somebody's closet or um, they were also saying like people might rent an, a profile pic NFT to get, garner like attention for some time. Yes. Or to like get access into the community, uh-huh. use it for networking or whatever they need to use it for. Yeah. And then they can give it back to their owner. Mm-hmm. I would t- love to rent out my NFTs. Yeah. And also, um, also like real estate rental. Decentraland might be a big thing too. Or like we could rent out a venue for Crypto Witch Club parties before we have our own space. We could. Yeah. Or we could buy land and rent it to other people. Yeah. I love the idea of like you could rent out the clubhouse. Because mm-hmm. maybe our name will bring some panache <laughs> yeah. to that clubhouse. People will be like, it's like, oh, where is your event being hosted in Decentraland? It's like, oh, it's at the Crypto Witch Clubhouse. I love it. Yeah. And we'll have a cool collection of NFTs, all of our little, our little, our big gallery wall. Mm-hmm. So. Could be cool. Could be cool. Um, there's, I've, so it's still like early days for this rental thing. It's like, um, there's a bunch of different people trying it. Um, 
The one that seemed most popular at the moment is called re-NFT. Uh-huh. And it's for ERC721 tokens. Okay. So, so, yeah, it's, like, very specific, and um, they have a DAP called Flow. Okay. Um, Doesn't yeah. DAP, is it Flow from Dapper Labs? Were they built by Dapper Lab? NFT renting for when you want to give your NFTs DeFi powers. Okay, so I just did some Googling, which is the (laughs) best source of education ever. Yep. Like you can find anything on Google. You can find custom codes, like HTML codes on Google. You can find a boyfriend on Google (laughs) or Tinder. I mean, that's how I found my husband. So similar but different. Um, Just Google it. So re-NFT is a project by Dapper Labs. Oh, it which, is. Okay, cool. Yeah. And if you see Flow yeah. being used as the DAP, it's usually Dapper Labs because they couldn't find what they wanted in other, to basically as an install. So what they did was they just created their own. Yeah. They were like, we're going to make the perfect blockchain to run this. Yep. Um, this is so exciting. Yeah. So that's who I'm keeping an eye on. Wow. Because it's like, okay, digital art dealers and then gaming. People want to rent, you know, accessories and gaming. Um, the short-term flex, which we were saying, like, um, getting the profile pick. Yeah, if I was going to a party in the metaverse where I knew there was, like, Randy Zuckerberg or, like, really cool women in Web3 I want to meet. Yeah. I would absolutely rent some Yeezys because they're coming out here. Or, like, I would rent something extra sick to wear, probably over buying it. But that being said, I'm kind of like, if these are, if they run an Ethereum, like, do I have to pay a crazy gas fee to rent something for that transaction? Because I'd rather just buy it. It's like... You know, if you were charged $200 for shipping, you're kind of, or $200 for your return, you kind of might not return the $50 dress. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we'll have to see how all the prices shake out. And like, I mean, I'm, I think they're probably working on it right now to see like if it's a viable. I love the idea of having venues. Like we could have multiple venues, Mm -hmm. like by Crypto Witch Club. We could just make the digital landlord. Yeah, and we could also, we could throw the parties even. Yeah. So we could be like, when you partner with Crypto Witch Lab, we bring all the goods. Like Crypto we'll Witch just... Lab? <laughs> <laughs> when you partner with Crypto Witch Club, um, like, you know, you get access to all that stuff. And like That's we can... where our workshops are, maybe. Yeah, and like we can like redesign things or add things or like do the interiors to like fit you. Oh, you yeah. know, we can do like, we can put a step and repeat in for you. Sure. That could be cool. We can call TMZ. <laughs> I love it. I mean, there's so much that can be done with that. I'm quivering. Right? It's so exciting. I mean, yeah, I was like, when I was researching, I was like, oh my God, so cool. Also, like, um, some venues like the dream in Hollywood has NFT gallery in- installations. So when I go to LA this weekend, I might try and go and see that. I love that. 
Um, I think also Binance is um, doing something too for renting with this place, Trava Finance. Oh, it's running on their blockchain. So it's basically a project that runs on the Binance Smart Chain blockchain, which okay. is Binance's native token. Like if you hold um, BSC, you get like lower fees on Binance. You can pay with fees with it. It actually was one of the top growing coins the past couple of years. Oh. So when I first got on Binance in 2017, I think it was like $6. Don't quote me, but I remember it being in the single digits. And it went up to like $600. But it's, you know, Binance is a huge exchange. A lot of people are using it. A lot of people are buying those tokens. Trey, exciting. I'm always trying to think of new ways to rel relate things. And on this podcast with Nicole, it was actually really fun because she's super pop culture. That's like what her podcast is all about. And mm -hmm. we were talking about cryptocurrency projects as the Kardashians. Oh, yeah. Which is super cool. If you want to listen to the full podcast, you can head to her Spotify page, Nixolja. But we did like Chris Jenner is obviously the matriarch, so it's Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. She set the path for all these different coins and their utilities to make it through. Mm -hmm. And I feel like each sister had like her own thing, like makeup or fitness or skims. So it's kind of like utility. Each one has their their thing. Yeah. One thing. Yeah that I thought was genius though, is she described Satoshi Nakamoto dropping the Bitcoin white papers like Regina George when she scanned the burn book and Mean Girls and started throwing all the pages around the hall and it disrupted everything. And I thought that was genius. That's really funny. It's, it's so accurate. It just created chaos. And I think it was just such a smart thing that this person did or this group of people did because they just disappeared and let it play out. And if there's technology that has the potential to change things in a big way, it like will be adopted. Like you don't need a marketing campaign necessarily. It might take a decade, but if you put a utility into the world and changes it, like you're gonna you're gonna win. Yeah. Marketing helps though. <laughs> yeah, what were you saying? The fridge took the refrigerator took Fifty years for mass adoption. The refrigerator took fifty years for mass adoption, which is so crazy. But I mean, the electricity took forever too, because people thought it was the devil's work. Yeah, people were pointing their fingers. They were they were pissed. Like the devil's work. Like that kid who has to like turn in his NFT. Remember his mom? Like, oh, oh my god! I was this upset me so much. I saw this tweet from this kid, and. His mom was basically like, you're in a Ponzi scheme. You must sell your NFT. And it was one of the, the goblins, the gremlins, the goblins. Okay. It was called like a, go it's a go one of the goblin NFTs. And they're pretty popular. And this kid was on Twitter like, my mom says I have to sell it. Help. And people were like giving him really good advice. They're like, just send it to a different wallet or, you know, yeah. list it on OpenSeaBest auction. So there was a bunch of different things. But I was like, it reminded me of like rock and roll times. People like when parents were like, don't listen to Elvis, your hips will start shaking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think when something's disruptive, people get pissed. And for me, that's how I just feel like crypto would work. Like everybody has a feeling about it. Mm -hmm. 
it is like it triggers you in one way or another. I've never met anybody who doesn't have an opinion on it. Yeah. When Caitlin first started talking and we first created Crypto Witch Club. When I first started talking. (laughs) When Caitlin first spoke. (laughs) When um, Caitlin first started sharing Crypto Witch Club content to her like personal Facebook page because she was like, oh, we had this new business, this new venture. Check it out. Let us know what you think. People thought she got hacked. Yeah. It was a whole thing. People were like, is this you? (laughs) Yeah. I think some people still think that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's me, I swear. I've been hacked. (laughs) (laughs) But it goes back to that knee-jerk reaction. They're like, oh, my God, they got her, too. (laughs) And same with... Reese Witherspoon, I saw, I went, and I'm not a big fan of, like, looking into the comments so deep on Twitter, because I think there's so much just toxic, hateful things, and it makes me sad as, like, a sensitive person, but um, I went to the, for research purposes, I went into the the comments on a Reese Witherspoon's Web3 post, and people were like, Reese Witherspoon turning into a crypto bro was not on my bingo card for this year. (laughs) Like, they were angry, and they were like, remember when I, the girls who code? Yeah. So girls who code started accepting crypto donations. They're a nonprofit that teaches young women how to code and helps women get into tech. Because as we know, women are disproportionately not in tech. (laughs) How do you say that? Absent in tech? Absent in tech. They're not, there's not enough women in tech. We want more. (laughs) <laughs> so Girls and Code provides education. It's great. We fully support it. But people were so angry that Girls and Code was um, accepting crypto as donations. They began canceling their memberships. They're, they're not their memberships. They're began canceling their reoccurring donations. And they were leaving comments like, how dare you teach these women Ponzi schemes? Like... I'm not going to support you anymore. And I was like, okay, they literally are helping girls in tech. You can't be in tech and not know Web3. You have to know the fundamentals now. It's just literally 101. Like you're doing these women such a disservice by withdrawing your funds because a new tech monetary system came into play. Like cool it, moms (laughs) of Instagram. If you don't like it, don't look at it. But it is really a necessary skill, not just for women, but for everybody in marginalized groups. And then everybody should be educated on Web3 and blockchain basics and understand the technology. Yeah. And I think it's scary. Like if you're someone who doesn't really understand finance or money in the first place, and then there's a new digital currency, it's just like would be really overwhelming. And I think a lot of people are like scared, like, oh, my God, another thing I I need to learn about. But that can be exciting. And that's our mission is to make it exciting and accessible to everybody. Because you don't need to be mad. You can be happy and full of knowledge. You don't need to be mad. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't need to be fearful of like what you don't know, like if you're afraid then learn about it and then you won't be afraid anymore. It's kind of like the internet, like, you know, we're millennials and when we were growing up, 
Um, we grew up part of our life without the internet, but when mm -hmm. we were in elementary school, the internet came out. Yeah. Um, and you know, by the time we're in fifth grade, basically everybody had it, yeah. I would say. So people were really scared of the internet, like mm -hmm. online ordering, even when that functionality came into place where you could actually buy things online. People were terrified. People were scared of chat rooms because their kids were, you know, getting into risky situations and mm -hmm. they, people couldn't like tell what was a press release from a news article. It was hard because our parents' generation was never educated on how to use this new system. So yeah. in school, we had to learn, like, how do you vet a source? How can you tell what's an opinion piece on the internet versus what's a news article versus what's an editorial, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think because that education was mandatory, we grew up with a good understanding of the internet and how to navigate it. And I think eventually, I think when we have kids like Web3 and blockchain, that's going to be taught in school how to navigate this new ecosystem. You know how we talked about how Kanye would love NFTs, mm -hmm. but he put that whole manifesto on his Instagram saying like, I'm not going to do it. Ask me later. Yeah. Well, Kanye has trademarked copyrighted or some, some legal ownership okay. thing um, over use of some words for metaverse and NFTs. Oh, so it's like Kanye's joining so the he, metaverse. He is getting in the game. Yeah, we're gonna have like a Yeezy show. Okay. Oh, you think he's gonna in perform? the metaverse? You think he's gonna perform in the metaverse? Maybe. Uh, I thought he was just like playing these like legal rights, like uh, legal word rights wars. You know, like, no, I think it's no, it's not like it's not saying like metaverse is mine. It's he's going to get involved in the space. So it, we might have like metaverse fashion from him. It could be uh, an NFT, like music launch. It was a bunch of different ways to use that. OK, so Yeezy's coming. Cool. Yeah. Great. So you, we called it. We called it. <laughs> One thing I missed when I was gone was the massive Luna collapse. Yes. And I was actually on, we actually recorded three podcasts in the mm -hmm. last week. Mm -hmm. I was actually on a podcast where I was asked to explain what happened and it was more to a traditional finance audience. Mm -hmm. And I botched it so badly. No, you didn't. It's a hard thing to explain. It's very multi-layered. So there's actually- yeah, you have to understand a lot of aspects of crypto to understand what happened because it's not just one thing happened. It's complicated, like Avril Lavigne. <laughs> and I think, you, yeah, you have to understand stable coins. You have to understand an algorithmic stable coin. And Luna's not the only one that work like that. Oh, really? Like yeah, DAI oh. also works like that, which is another stable coin. Um, I just found this out when I was re doing research for our big Luna um, blog post, which will be live on Medium before this comes out. Hopefully. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, you have to understand stable coins, algorithmic stable coins. You have to understand the way UST correlates to Luna and how the burning and the mining kept the supply um, at a dollar for the stable coin. And then you have to understand staking and depegging and what that means to depeg from a state pool. 
and what that did to the ecosystem. But I think the best way to explain it in like one sentence, and Caitlin came up with this, so credit, <laughs> is it, it was a stress test and it failed. Mm -hmm. Luna failed its stress test. This is a new world, it's a new technology, it's a new space. Part of innovation is things are gonna break and some mm -hmm. things won't work out. I should still hold on to my Luna though, right? Well, there's no point in selling it now. <laughs> How much is it worth? It, it's under a penny. Wait, do you think, I think your total investment has to be under like five cents now. It's see. gone down to like a hundredth of a penny, a thousandth of a penny. I don't know how many zero, four zeros. <laughs> it's gone down four zeros. Do you have any die? D-A-I? Nope. Okay. I didn't have Luna too, but Luna is one um, I plan to add to my portfolio. Um, I would have likely added some to my portfolio during this dip. Oh, I can't get into my account. My fingerprint's all sticky. <laughs> Try it later. We'll, we'll put it in the, the bio, Caitlin's current investment. But, you know, I think, I think the definitely like the creator, the founder, people have lost faith in it. I think he didn't address, I mean, people were panicking. Basically, when it became depegged, you know, when people saw this massive fail, they started pulling out their money like madmen. So then you also had this market collapse with investors just withdrawing everything. I think the founder could have had a little more humility and a little more empathy for the holders because he was just tweeting like kind of pointing fingers. He was saying like, oh, like some men should just go to therapy um, instead of like ruining a stable coin. Like, like some, oh, he's, 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 insin he's insinuating that somebody like did it on purpose because they should have found a therapy instead. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't like that. It was like the some guys type of tweet. He thinks it was malicious. Everybody should go to therapy. It's awesome. Yeah. We highly recommend. And also, um, <laughs> it's, it's just taking no accountability. Maybe it was a bad actor, but also a lot of people are pointing fingers at him because it could have been an internal wallet. So TBD, but he oh. hasn't been handling it well. I think the faith is gone. Like I don't have hope for uh, Luna 2.0 because I just don't think people will trust him again with their money. That's just the way it goes. Going back to what you just said about how finance is already exhausting and information overload, like basic financial education. Um, and then crypto just seems so overwhelming on top of that. If you don't know basic financial education, when I first got into crypto, I was really determined, but so overwhelmed that like, you know, I have my own business with Caitlin. I had the time. I basically took two weeks off and just researched crypto and exchanges and projects and how I was going to invest to feel confident. I think when you came into it, you were much more confident off the bat because you had that really strong, like foundational financial knowledge. Yeah. Well, I understood like how, what buying stocks means and holding and then selling. Yeah. Like so you have that general thing works. 
Um, and you also told me which trusted exchanges to use. So that like helped me. You had a little help. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it was even overwhelming for you, but you had that foundational knowledge. So it helped. Yeah. And I really think that, you know, we just talked about the internet being taught in schools. I really think traditional financial education, along mm -hmm. with crypto, should be taught in schools too. Like in home ec or whatever similar course you have, you should learn how to balance a checkbook, set a budget. Um, you should learn how compound interest works. Yeah. Like I wish I had put even a few hundred dollars in anything in my early 20s and just let it simmer. Ideally, I wish I would have done it for Bitcoin in my early 20s when I first learned about it, but you can't go back. You can only go forward. And I guarantee if I had invested in Bitcoin when I first heard about it in 2011, 2012, um, I would have lost my seed phrase or I would have forgot about it or I would have, you know, traded it when I went to $5. But it's, it's cool. Crypto really opened up the financial education portal for me. Like I became way more obsessed with like traditional ways of investing after I got into crypto. It's just kind of a weird reverse. Like an Uno cool. reverse. Cool. It's like running updates on your phone. Like you need to keep your brain updated on how things work in the world. And so like, yeah, if, if you already don't understand finance, I can understand why getting into crypto would be. But like, yeah, just a little bit every day and learn a little bit more. Totally. I think that's such a good way to do it. And it yeah. goes back to what we were talking about on episode seven, where it's like microeducation is key. Like you don't stop learning. Mm -hmm. You should always be learning. That's just, I mean, this is the YouTube generation. You can Google or YouTube anything. Yeah. I went to school for fashion design and my career pre-Crypto Witch was in PR and marketing. The skills I learned in school, like I love to be able to know how to sew, it's cool, but like they, they weren't transferable necessarily. It's like when I didn't know how to do something, I Googled it and I worked really hard and I learned through trial and error. Mm -hmm. So thanks to those first clients and took me on in like 2013. Yeah. Sorry to that guy. No. Sorry to those clients. I'm just kidding. Should we go over some tweaks of the week to sign yeah. off? Sure. It's been some good ones. NFT NYC is coming up. We're really excited. We're going to be going to some events. Yeah. So exciting. So I'm going to read you one from us because this is my favorite one. Okay. And it's like pinned to the top of our profile right now. It's how can Web3 communities build real trust and authentic relationships? Question mark. Number one, clear communications. Two, intuitive user experience. And three, cohesive brand identity. And I think brand identity is overlooked a lot in Web3. And I'm like, branding is just to make your product and you recognizable, easily recognizable. Like, you need it. You want it, you need it. This one from tradingfemale.nft is three things you should know about Web3. Number one, community first, always, which I love because it's how we like live and how we work. We're all about like, what does the audience want and driving that? Yeah. Two, tokens enable you to give back to the community that you build. 
this should be a whole symbiotic thing. It should yes. be a circle of giving and receiving. I think that's what being a content creator or a business owner is about. Like mm -hmm. you need to reward your community. Commerce, community, yeah. It's all the same. And number three, Web3 allows for direct ownership. We love that and so does Kanye. <laughs> underscore Madison underscore Adams says DAOs need documentarians, people who come in and document all the important information, processes, and areas for improvement in a DAO. Good documentation can drastically increase accessibility and efficiency. Cool. I love that. Everybody needs an office manager, essentially. Information architects. Love it. I love um, Hey Alexis Friedman. The worst thing you can do with burnout is to try and fight it. Take a break, come back, it'll all still be there. And I like that. I feel like Web3 moves really fast and people feel pressured to keep up. But, like, it's okay to just chill out sometimes. It's not a hamster wheel you step on. It's you, act, you turn the wheel when you need to use it. Yeah. At the pace you want. Exactly. Yeah. It's totally up to you. And, like... There's something new every day, but just be consistent and learn and you'll never feel like you know it all. And that's okay. It's, it's not something to know every area of. It's something to know what you need to know and take from what you want to take. Mm -hmm. I just had a funny um, analogy that um, like DAOs are kind of like bachelor parties because there's like, you know, the financial person, the planner, like they're like little countries. And I think like bachelor parties are like little companies anyway, oh, but like, my God, what if there was a bachelorette DAO that kind of like helped everyone step into their roles and like tried to streamline? I don't know. I just feel like it's coming into wedding season and everyone, all my girlfriends are complaining about Bachelor. It's like parties. when you know you're a bridezilla, so you jump on a Slack, you're like bridesmaids have created a Slack channel for you to plan my events. Yeah. Caitlin planned me. She was co-planner and like the best bachelorette ever. We made flower crowns and did spells. <laughs> Danced around a fire. It was real witchy. It was real witchy. <laughs> I stepped on a slug and it traumatized me. That's what you remember. I, I vividly remember stepping on the slug and like the sound it made. So I was like, I was frolicking through the grass. Yeah. And it was magical and it was dark because it was nighttime and I I can't talk about it. It's a dream. <laughs> everything else was great. We had like a private chef. It was great. Spoiled. So great. Caitlin brought lots of candy. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we should leave it on that good memory. Yeah. Um, if you haven't yet. Pick up our latest guide, which is our Web3 for Witches NFT edition that just came out. We're so excited about this. It has everything you need to know to like buy, sell, trade NFTs, create your own. And we have an amazing resource list in there with all our favorite programs um, and trusted apps and dApps to use um, on your Web3 journey. So it'll be at cryptowitchclub.io backslash shop, I think is the URL. Let's go to our website and go to the shop channel. We also have our free guides on there, NFT for Witches, which is our beginner's basic guide and 
16 coins for 2022, which are all the coins we're digging and buying this year. And then tune in next week. Excited to be back. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Witch Club podcast. Subscribe and follow us online at Crypto Witch Club.